0: Hey, this is Griffin Dorshing, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm Podcast.
1: Welcome to Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan, and with me is Roy. Are you feeling good, Donovan? I'm feeling pretty good.
2: Well, on today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about the Major League Minute or Five uh, and some, some current events. Uh, and then we're going to run through the affiliate rundown. Yeah. Uh, and then we've rundown. got a Griffin Dorsing interview for you, courtesy of Donovan with his uh, trip up to
1: Lake Elsinore. Well, the opening music is courtesy of Griffin Dorsing, too. Some feel good ink. It is a feel good ink. And we did that on Saturday, well before the, you know, the pottery's kind of made it fun.
2: Yeah. Winning three out of, out of four uh, <laughs> off the Diamondbacks before heading out to Chicago uh, on the second leg of this three leg road trip definitely helps with that
1: yeah um what so what do you think i i still think you know it's funny how we win games and yet the offense still kind of sputtering a little bit you know we're getting yeah we're, i mean we're getting two hits
2: but it's sight we're seeing signs of life and i feel like getting tatis back helps add that spark um i noticed at least one time tatis was on first base and soto ripped that ground ball through the right side of the infield. The first baseman was over covering where maybe an athletic first baseman might've gotten to that ball. I feel like having Tatis on ahead of Soto um, is going to help Soto out as far as defensive positioning. Um, Since right now, all he's doing is pulling the ball, putting it on the ground on the right side. So that helps him. But I mean, Tatis being back, oh my gosh. He's a revelation already.
1: (laughs) Funny, we were watching the game and lady was doing something. She was making some kind of noise or something like that. I'm like, shh, shh, he's up. Like, I'm a grown grown man. I'm like, you need to be quiet when he
2: gets up to the plate. (laughs) He is must-watch TV. And uh, immediately, as soon as he's back, everybody, all these great superstars in this lineup, and Tatis is the one guy that I've got to watch. But what surprised me, You know, I thought, okay, being in right field, he's going to have some struggles. We're going to see some weird routes. He's got the cannon arm. He's got the crazy athleticism. What I never really thought about was his ability to back up in center field. And there's already been a couple of liners in that center field, right center gap. And and he gets over there real quick to get that ball. Um, And that's going to only make. That's only going to make Grisham that much better as a defender. Yeah,
1: yeah. In fact, the ball that was hit over Grisham's head in the gap there by the pool, um, they kind of got it toward it at the same time. He let Teddy grab it to throw it in, right? Because he has a stronger arm. So, right. And physically,
2: he was in a better position, like yeah. to just pick it up and go. Where yeah. Grisham was a little more turned around on it. And that's one of those where the the communication has to happen about who's yeah. going to who's going to scoop it.
1: You know, and that's it's a big thing, and I, you don't notice those things until they happen. Like I never noticed uh, Will Myers getting there, you know, backing up Grisham on, on those balls hit deep in the, in the alley. Right. He's, right. But, know, but has like four... those crazy yeah. wheels. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to, you know, uh, I thought Joe Musgrove did really well, real quick. We'll just catch oh, up yeah. with Joe.
2: He looked, he looked very solid. I know he, he got, he got hung up for a few runs, um, but it was a, a quality start. He, you know, kept the, team in the game i feel like all of the starting pitching has been doing a pretty darn good job lately um you know everybody wants to see snow come around he'll come around you know, we know what he does in the second half um i just hoping that second half blake snell shows up before the all-star break uh, but any yeah. any day it can click and he'll and he'll be in a groove uh, but yeah having joe back so there was a really cool article in the athletic uh where uh dennis lynn was talking to joe musgrove and his trainer and apparently joe is going in 50 50 on a training facility in the miramar area it's this whole business venture and it's just you know what a model citizen right what a model ambassador would you want for your organization so joe musgrove is here he's investing in the community both on a personal and a financial basis um I mean, it's just a really cool article and he's, it's like the lessons that he's learned as he came up, he wants to pass that down to the players and the people coming up behind him.
1: Yeah. And the various different ways that he trains, that isn't your typical lift weights, stretch run, you know, that's what he talked about in the article was like, when I was going, you know, when I was in the minors, I, I lift weights, I stretched, I ran and that's about it. And his performance wasn't, you know, where it needed to be. And he met the, um, The trainer, I can't remember his name because we don't have any of that on our our agenda. What was a was a friend of his godfather, got together with him and had him all these doing these different kind of exercises, you know, the, the swimming, the the hold your water stuff, the the pool work. Have you seen his
2: clips with the, uh, what do they call them? The Persian clubs, (laughs) those weighted clubs. He's posted some videos to Instagram and it's really interesting. So they look like these giant bowling pins. And I remember the iron Sheik, the wrestler back in the eighties had this competition about who could, about somebody trying to beat him at his own craft. Uh, But it's like these strength and stretching exercises that I've never seen anybody else do, but you watch it and you're like, no wonder this guy stays on the field and rings the bell. Thirty times a season, every yeah. single year, doesn't really. He seems to have figured out how to avoid that major injury.
1: Yeah, and you know what I kind of like about that, and you kind of see this with Manny Machado too, and, and a lot of ball players. Like they're not cut, they're not ripped. Like you see some ball players, and they're just chiseled, and that not necessarily translate to, to to baseball performance. Um, and certainly, I think it it unless it's backed up with, with really a lot of stretching and flexibility. Like I can maybe. It could be injury prone, you know, you can get those guys injury prone. When you look at Manny Machado, you, you look at Joe Musgrove in a three-year-old commercial from Sequan, like he's not ripped, but the endurance, the the strength is there.
2: Right. Uh John O'Green was the name of the uh, the right. trainer. Okay. And he talks about how that he would stretch and and lift weights and all this stuff, but he wasn't doing anything right. He didn't even right. he didn't know how to do a proper squat. squat. Yeah. And something simple like that, but you really need to think about what you're doing and how you're doing it as you go through everything. Yeah. All We're right. So, so that's two guys that have come back that we've been waiting a long time for them to come back. And then there's one guy who's made a debut. Brett Sullivan made his major league debut. Uh, unfortunately, Luis Camposano hit the IL with a thumb injury, but that opened up the door for Brett Sullivan to come through. Um, he came to the Padres in the trade with Corey with the Brewers uh, along with Corey Howell for Victor Caratini. So I find that interesting that there was a catcher for catcher thing. Um, last year, Brett Sullivan, a left-handed hitter, he hit 285, 339, 444 with 28 doubles, nine triples and nine home runs in AAA El Paso. Uh, and he could play a little bit of third base in left field on top of being a catcher. Uh, well, I doubt we're going to see any of that versatility. It seems like right. really he's just there to to give Austin Nola his day off once or twice a week right now. While they wait for Camposano to come back, uh, but I'm I'm hoping for that one day that he starts and finally gets that first hit yeah, and shows that he can <laughs> he's got some staying power. Yeah, because everybody that they've interviewed and they were talk- Bob Scanlon was talking to people this his, when he made his debut. I mean, everybody speaks so highly of the guy of his yeah. work ethic and his his competitive na- nature and all of that. I I'd love to see him you know earn a little bit more of a role than just the stopgap fill in right now.
1: Yeah, and and you know with uh, with that trade that came over Corey Howe that we've been talking about a lot here on the podcast, um, he's tearing it up in in AA, and I love the story that uh, well, he told the story about how he was told, and Philip Wilman was allowed to tell him that he was getting moved up, and you know so what Wilman did is he called you know he and he told the story uh, to I think Annie Hobram or, or you know anyways I saw it on Twitter, um, he had a team meeting. And his son was there eating ice cream. And they were going to go watch the fireworks, but they had a team meeting, and Wellman gave him the news. And everyone starts clapping and like glad handing and giving him a high five. His kid thought it was all about him. <laughs> his kid. His child thought it was all about him being there. So his, the kid's like, "Yeah, I got ice cream, but it was about my dad going to the major leagues." Um, what a cool I, moment! I love those stories, and I um I wish they had stuff like that filmed. I, I love watching those stories out of spring training where the manager brings the guy in and talks to him about how well he's supposed to do and and the things you got to do to get to the next level and then finally says it and then there's that reaction where the guy is just like, oh my God. You know, he breaks down.
2: Did you see the one from Pittsburgh this week? Yes, I did. The Pittsburgh Pirates called up Drew Maggi who is 33 years old and he's finally making his major league debut after what 10 years bouncing around triple a double a and he got emotional. Like yeah. I, he broke down and <laughs> you spend that long. I'm sure he's had some seasons where he's torn it up. He thinks yeah. that it's going to happen and it just never does. Yeah. And, and at some point you, you probably kind of think, well, it's, it's, it's not going to be me. Right. So going to pass
1: it, you over and
2: yeah. And then he finally got his shot. So, I mean, and just seeing the emotion on those guys' faces, it always it always hits you.
1: Yeah. I, I think he had gone up once, but it had been so long ago. I mean, at 33, you're like, you should have – at 33, you shouldn't be playing minor league baseball, you know. And, and you've got to have a huge love for the game. But I love it because he was stunned. He was just like – it was quiet and he didn't know really what to say. Everyone else is going crazy and he's just stunned. And that, you just, you feel that. You feel that emotion. And that's what I love about this world about baseball. But well, let's move on. You're talking about guys that are being added. Let's move on to the guy that's being subtracted right now. Anderson Espinoza was fined an undisclosed amount of money and is serving a 10-game suspension in the aftermath of his ejection uh, last Friday um, after he was kicked, you know, after he was kicked out of the game for having a sticky substance, which... A little bit is a little timely right now. With It really is. Well, what's going on with uh, Max Scherzer?
2: Oh, my gosh. And, and so, okay, so let's talk about that then. So yeah. he was saying it's it's rosin. You could read his lips. It's rosin. It's only rosin. It's sweat and rosin. Apparently, they asked him to wash his hands. He went and used some, some alcohol and tried to wash the stuff off. But apparently, alcohol and rosin, it only makes the rosin stickier. Yeah. Um, and the, 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 the ultimate villain, Trevor Bauer, a video came up of him from two or three years ago where he's like, okay, explain to me, is this legal or not? And he had only sweat and rosin on his hand and he was able to hold a baseball palm down and the ball was sticking to his hand. So the rules say that rosin is an allowed substance, but excessive rosin is illegal and you're not allowed to have it anywhere on your uniform. It's just, it's there. You, you use the approved rosin bag that's behind the mound yeah. and your own sweat. And that's it, but you're not supposed to have it on your glove. You can't have it on your hat. You can't have it anywhere else. I'd like to see them crack down a little bit more. Cause you still see guys that they're touching their hat right in that certain spot between every pitch. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. they're t- they're grabbing their belt buckle. It's like it's pretty obvious where guys are hiding it. You
1: know, and and the, and the tweet from Joe Musk about that was excellent. Um, I don't think Max Scherzer is cheating. Um, you know, he said that he put alcohol. You know, when they told him to come go wash his hands and come back, he used alcohol. Which I mean, he had to have known that alcohol takes away all the water and keeps it a little bit more sticky. So it seemed like they gave him every opportunity to cleanish, you know, clean up and, and do it right regardless if what happened i don't think he's cheating i think he has a point but i love the fact that it was max scherzer i love the fact that it was um oh god i'm blanking on the manager oh buck showalter but, yeah. i'm sorry damn buck
2: showalter um didn't protest too much no well I, at that point there's nothing he can say right and and you can i'm sure that i don't know if he touched the glove or what but the sticky stuff's there it's the I guess the 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 discussion that's come out of this is the ambiguity of the rules. how much sticky is too sticky, and there's no good test for that, so our friend Meredith wills she was saying that there needs to be some sort of test that you know if you can stick an object of a certain <laughs> weight to a certain <laughs> stick and right. turn it upside down and the object sticks, then it's too sticky but i, I you have to come up with some sort of I'm an engineer. Right. right, I I deal with with absolutes. You know, (laughs) there's a a test that has to pass
1: to be approved. Otherwise, it's just up to the umpire's discretion. Well, I've been watching a lot of El El Chapo, and now we're back to watching Narcos again. And, you know, they put a little bit of the cocaine in the liquid, and the water turns blue. And that's the good stuff. There has to be some kind of way you just kind of swipe it with a swab, and it turns a color, and like, oh, that's resin, not rosin, or that's this substance. Um, Right. And and the whole thing is, why are they not looking at the ball that they use in the NPB, In the Nippon Baseball League in Japan, where they have a, a tacky baseball that works. And I don't know if they have an issue or any problems with pitchers using any other sticky stuff, but certainly there is a way to get the baseball a little bit of tack on there that allows pitchers to get a better grip.
2: Well, apparently, so they're trying that in one of the minor league levels and apparently it's not going very well at all really um yeah i i saw something about this let's see if i can find the article real quick but yeah they're they're actually seeing a a spike in hit batters and it seems like whatever they're doing with that pre-tacked ball it, they do not have it right
1: hmm. so well it works in japan their baseball is also i think one ounce uh one ounce less in weight it, it's a lighter. Yeah. But I think it's within the same,
2: um the same rules size. that major okay. league baseball, because the, the rules for the size and the weight of the ball give a pretty wide leeway. And that's where Meredith, her research is on these very narrow differences within that wide band of, of what <clears> the rule book allows. Uh But I mean, you need consistency yeah. and, and Scherzer isn't loading up on the sticky stuff to get, to, to make sure that he has good grip on the ball he's right. doing it for a bit of a competitive advantage yeah
1: um
2: and which is you know that's everybody's out there looking for a competitive advantage you know whether the guy at bat is taking a peek back to see where the catcher is positioning um you know stealing signs at second base it's all that's all within the game um yeah and so I- if you can use the rule and kind of bend the rule to your advantage that's okay but where where does that line Fine, where does right. cross that it line? It has
1: to be black and white. It can't be it can't be subjective. It can't be it has to be black or white. And I swear on my child's life, it's only rosin. Right. <laughs> it, it is rosin, but it's too much of it. All right. So let's move on real quick to the affiliate rundown. We we'll get you guys the really cool interview I had with Griffin Dorshing. Um, solid dude, man. Really cool cat. Uh, came out. And I just had immediate rapport with the guy. But first, I, I want to thank Madryar. We want to thank Madfriars for allowing us to use uh, a lot of the content from those guys in our daily in our in our in our affiliate rundown. Also, next week, we're gonna highlight the interview that John Konoff just did for Madfriars with Philip Wellman. Philip Wellman is now the first year in his first year managing triple A. Uh, that's going to be really cool. I came out right before we came on, so I'm pretty stoked about that. We'll have parts of that for you guys. But if you guys get a chance, put down the coffee for a day, five bucks a month, Mad Friars, you get all that excellent content, plus the daily rundown. The daily rundowns are free, but all the extra kind of Patreon-style content with interviews uh, you get by subscribing to Mad Friars. So, let's start with right. the Storm. So,
2: strike 1. On Tuesday, outfielder Tyler Robinson was absolute menace for the Storm as the outfielder had a career high four hits, stole two bases and drove in a pair. The 6 foot 4 outfielder was drafted by the Padres in the 14th round out last year out of Louisiana Lafayette. Through 9 games, Robertson is hitting 3 th- 343 415 486 and is tied for the league lead with six stolen bases. And he was the Storm's uh player of the week yeah the carls jr famous star player of the week uh first baseman griffin Dorishing found his power stroke in the storm win he blasted two doubles including one that one hopped the wall in the deepest part of the diamond the 24 year old slugger has struggled to make contact out of the gate in 23 after flashing quite a bit of power in his pro debut through nine games the former oklahoma state star is hitting 182 325 242 i like that on base percentage that says he's even if he's struggling to make good contact, he's still got a good eye at the plate, willing to take a walk when he can get it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Tyler Rob, both those guys are, are are a little bit along the tooth for A ball, but certainly the, you know in their first full season of affiliate ball, uh, have have you know we're going to show a little bit later on. The Griffin gets a bomb. Uh, Tyler Robinson has been on fire, but let's move on to strike two. Thursday, Jagger Haynes looked excellent in two innings of work, throwing fifteen strikes on eighteen pitches. Strike out, uh striking out one, walking none, and winding one uh wanting one, one pitch back, which left the yard. I watched that outing, and it really it was just one pitch that went down the middle um, to the six foot three left-handed draft right out of the high school in North Carolina. Hands is still only 20 years old and brings a high ceiling arm to the storm roster. Though his work will be limited as he works his way back to the mound with a pair of yeah, works his way back to the mound. Period. End of sentence. Um, with a pair of singles, Graham Polly continued to rake, continue to raise his average to 372 and 43 at bats. Polly, a 13th round pick uh, in 2022 out of Duke, is a third baseman and a sort of righty throw, lefty hitter player. The Padres enjoy collecting in the organization. After two doubles, Russman Verdugo, my guy, the Storm's 18 year old shortstop for Mets United, raises batting average to 273 in his first full season after slashing 251, 338, and 467, and 167 at-bats in Arizona. Yeah, he's hitting the ground running pretty well. He is, and we're not going to do a strike three for uh, for all the affiliates, simply because we have 20 minutes of Griffin Dorshin coming up. All right, so moving on to Fort
2: Wayne, uh, strike one. On Tuesday, Southpaw Bodie Rascon struggled in the first inning before leaving with an injury. Uh, on a routine pop up in the infield, Tincaps third baseman Marcos Castagnon ran full speed to make the play, colliding with Rascon in the process. Castagnon stayed in the game, but Rascon left with the trainer. The Texas native walked a pair and gave up a three run homer before being pulled. Jackson Merrill crushed a three-run homer and drove in four runs total. Uh, and designated hitter Martin Nathan Martarella hit a solo blast. Uh, yeah. Merrill's homer came with one out in the third inning to draw the caps within two runs. Two batters later, Martarella clobbered one the opposite way. Uh, reliever Aaron Holiday was electric, striking out five and allowing just
1: one hit across three shutout innings. I saw that game, and I saw that play with Roscone and Castagnon, and the ball was hit straight. On top of the pitcher, I mean, high in the air, and Justin Young came running in, and I always thought, doesn't matter what, the pitcher always gets out the way. So that's development right there when Rasko and have just got out of the way, even though Marcos he ran a good 30, 40 feet to get to the ball. Um, it was tough because then they smashed, it and it was like mm. was it was it like the uh, the Cubs
2: game <laughs> where Drew Smiley was throwing the perfecto.
1: It was enough where Rasco and had to leave the game. I'm like they, right. they banged into each other pretty well, and, and I watched that game too, the Cub game, and because I just love watching the Dodgers get their ass handed to them. And God, it was God, I felt so bad. It was like all of a sudden Smiley and I don't know who the catcher is for the for the Cubs, but it was Gomes, just, ah, who's a big guy, right. Um,
2: he like hopped on, he hopped on Smiley's back, it looked like he just rolled right over the top of him. You oh, know, what a wacky
1: way to end a per- to <laughs> bring a perfect game to an end. But moving on to uh, uh let's move on to strike two. The crazy eighth. So Saturday, the Tinkets scored nine runs in the top of the eighth inning, on the way to a 11-4 win. Uh, they entered the eighth trailing three to one, but sent 12 batters to the plate in that frame, highlighted by Nathan Mortarella's RBI double. I keep wanting to call him Nathan M- Mortadella. <laughs> the, the, the chef in me wants like, mortadella, like, the I, like the meat. <laughs> I had an RBI double. A Brandon Venezuela go-ahead three-run triple and a Josh Mears RBI single. A Jacob Marcy two-run single and a Marcus Castagnon three-run homer. Mortarella, the first baseman, finished the night four for five with a double and two RBIs. Everyone in Fort Wing starting lineup reached base as the squad tallied 15 hits. Venezuela was just a homer and shy of the cycle. Castagnon's home run was his third of the season, tying him with Mortarello for the team lead, while also ranking second in the Midwest League. Starting pitcher Ryan Burgert struck out five in four innings. The 23-year-old Ryan wasn't, wasn't especially efficient, needing 74 pitches to get through the outing with three walks and five strikeouts. He's holding the uh, opposition to only a 188 average and is in second place in the Midwest League. Aaron, Aaron Holiday, K3, two and a third's. Scoreless uh, innings of relief. Thank you very much. The Holiday was a part of the Chambonet trade last spring. Put up solid numbers in Link Elsinore last year with 74 strikeouts and 24 walks in 57 innings. Uh, Jason Blanchard worked the final two innings, striking out five as well. It was the second – it was the highest-scoring inning for the Tim Caps since May 1 of 2019, which was really huge. God, those are just – just one of those innings that you just – for the other team, you're like, God, oh, you just hate it. Everything dropped. Like the Cubs and Dodgers game, I, everyone got on base and everyone was just connecting with balls in the gap. I'm wondering if that May
2: 1st, 2019 game was the one that Angela and I were were witness to. Uh, that's right around the time that we had our trip out there. All right, so yeah. I'll take us out to San Antonio. Uh, strike one, Duncan Snyder made his third start of the year on Tuesday. After an easy first inning, he had to pitch out of his first jam of the night. Snyder issued a walk before retiring the next two batters. Luis Santana hit a single to left field with two runners on and two outs. Snyder struck out Colin Barber to end the threat. Snyder lasted four and two thirds innings while allowing one run on two hits with five strikeouts. Pretty solid start. The win went to Kevin Copps, who allowed a run in two innings of relief. Cops, the 99th overall pick in 2021, is in San Antonio for the third season after making a pair of appearances for the Missions late 2021 and spending the balance of 2022 in San Antonio, striking out 60 and walking 34 batters in 54 and a third innings of work. Control, as always, will decide the Arkansas Stars' fate as he's already walked eight in seven and two-thirds innings in 2023. (laughs) And it it sounds like a combination of... uh, avoiding walks, but also figuring out how to miss bats. I mean, that was was a big struggle for him last year. I mean, he's got the stuff. He's just got to figure out how to find the right pitch mix uh, to
1: make it work. Yeah, he's definitely struggling for sure, but there's still plenty of time. Moving on to strike two, Friday was another win in extra. So I had on the third strike uh, the game on Saturday that they won in extra innings. So they, they won three out of six, or won four out of six. Um, and three of the games were won in extra innings, but I only had the, uh, the strike two to, to finish up with last year's Texas league batting champion, Connor Hollis had a couple of singles and RBI. He has hit safely in all four games going eight for 19 during the, during the hitting streak. Hollis entered the series in a one for 27 slump. Second baseman Ripken Reyes returned to the San Antonio lineup after being placed on the developmental list, development list, <laughs> developmental list uh, excuse me, before the season. And he put on a show. Ray has reached base three times, connected on a homer, and drove in three runs for good measure. The 26-year-old split 2022 between Fort Wayne and San Antonio, hitting 233, 369, and 321. Damn, I didn't know Rick. Mo- I didn't know he was that old. 26 is pretty old. I thought he was a lot younger than that. Anyways, catcher Juan Fernandez had three singles and drew a walk in the Mission's win. Right-hander in front of the podcast, Alec Jacob trolled the scoreless inning in his maiden voyage this season. The former Gonzaga righty started the year back in extended spring training after a solid 2022 season that saw him reach AAA in 57 career outings as a professional. Jacob's sparkling 1.97 ERA. Yeah, he really bounced
2: all over the place last year. Yeah. Um, and he, he excelled everywhere he went. Um, so he's somebody to keep an eye on. He could move quickly if he keeps this up. All right. So moving on to El Paso, taking us home. Um, Strike one on Thursday, Pedro Severino, Jansen Witte and Tim Lopes all homered. Brandon Dixon went two for four with an RBI double and a walk in his first game back after being optioned by San Diego. And it goes to show how hard it is to hit in the majors. Lopes was three for four with a walk and now has two home runs the last two games. Reliever Eric Handhold struck out five batters in one and two thirds scoreless innings. Uh, the former Florida Gator and 6th round pick by Milwaukee in 2015 already has two wins out of the bullpen this season. Tom Cosgrove pitched two scoreless innings and hasn't allowed a run or hit in six appearances for El Paso this year. <laughs> Thursday's win was the 600th in Chihuahua's <laughs> regular
1: season history. Nice. 600 wins. Cosgrove's had another great beginning of the season. Uh, to kind of go along with the season that he had last year was really good. Got him on the 40-man. Uh, we're really stoked for him. Yeah, it's just a matter of time till he gets the call. Yeah, absolutely. Strike two Saturday, Matt Waldron ah, pitched six shutout innings in the loss. It was the first time Waldron pitched more than five innings without allowing a run in a Triple A game. Saturday, the 26-year-old relied more on his other offerings, only tossing the nunca ball for about a quarter of his 91 pitches. It's the least he's used his bread and butter pitch this year, as he kept Tacoma batters off balance all game. Walden matched his season high with seven strikeouts and allowing just three hits. Tom Cosgrove pitched a scoreless in seventh inning and hasn't allowed a run or hit in seven appearances. Um, here's the thing with Matt, and and when I read this, I kind of I think I mentioned this before talking about his struggles when he's using that knuckleball as his main pitch. It's so hard to throw consistently and. If you you know when you let when it's when it's low let it go when it's high guys let it fly, and he's been letting it fly a little too high and guys have been hitting it so when it becomes more of a, a you know the third or fourth offering in his arsenal that could be something that really kind of propels and makes a change there so I wonder if they did that on purpose or if it was just something kind of a byproduct because he does he throws in the high 80s low 90s then he hits 91 occasionally tops out at 92 three. Yeah. I mean, he's got
2: enough of a fastball to, yeah. to get it by there and you've got the separation and speed. Right. Um, But what I noticed when I was seeing him earlier this year was that he wasn't located the fastball for strikes. Yeah. So if you can't get a strike with a fastball, then, you know, you got nothing. Right.
1: You got <laughs> I mean, nothing. Good, good luck with that. Well, that's certainly something to build on. And we're stoked to finally see him uh, kind of have a good outing there.
2: Right. It's early in the season. So some yeah. guys are going to start off hot. Some guys are going to stumble a little bit out of the gates. Um, you yeah, know, that's why you give it give it a month or two before you really start looking at, you know, who's doing well and who's not. Um, yeah. But it's still great to see some good starts out of some of these guys.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of the same thing with the Padres. You don't the first 10, 15, 20 games of the season. You don't start throwing in the towel. You know, you wait till there's 40 games. And I think it was Preller that said the 40 games or might have been Tingler back then. They said, evaluate every 40 games. That's like okay. a like a chunk. A chunk, a chunk. There's enough at bats. There's enough innings there to kind of get an idea of where we're at. A quarter of a season, because yeah, yeah. it's easy to look. Is I've got their
2: their win lost results up here, and at a, at one point they lost six out of seven. Well, now they've won four out of five. Right, right. So it it, it depends on what slice you're taking out of that as to how you're going to feel about all this. Right. Um, it definitely it doesn't feel good to to see them uh get shut out. And it's been happening too often, uh, but I think now, now that Tatis is back in the lineup, there's a little bit of chaos up top, and you've got some guys showing some some promise. Matt Carpenter's been thumping, Grisham's uh, um, been thumping, Uh has been doing his thing, Bogarts keeps on doing his thing, and it's it's just a matter of time until this whole
1: offense starts plugging right along. Well, you know, I'm, I'm still in, I'm still in awe of our lineup. I'm like, okay, there goes, all right, leadoff, all right, Tatis. Okay, there's Soto. Like, you see all these big names, these, these absolute beasts at the plate, and they're not hitting home runs every at-bat. I'm like, what the hell's wrong? What's going on? Let's sell the team. <laughs> I, like, You know, you see all this talent, and you're like, God, one of these guys has got to get a hit. And that's just not how baseball works. Um, It's funny. Do you get the Jesse Agler uh,
2: newsletter? I do, and I thoroughly enjoy them. They are such a pleasure to read.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and today's kind of reminding me uh, he talked about the travel. Now, now the travel isn't a big reason why um, teams are failing, but he talked about a uh, a long stretch, two stretches of of travel where they went from uh, Houston up to up to Milwaukee, down to somewhere else, and then you know they they went. It, it was Milwaukee to Houston to Chicago. Yeah,
2: and without any days off in the middle of all that,
1: right? And that's a lot of travel. That's a lot of weird hours. That's that's time change. Right. Um, you know, and that's no excuse for not playing you're a professional you have to get it done. But dude, I when I fly back to Connecticut, you know, once or twice a year. That's a 4-hour flight and I'm toast the rest of the day. I mean, I'm incredibly out of shape and I have nowhere near an athlete, but certainly it makes a difference, you know. For sure. Um and and moving around that much, he talks about where that you can kind of don't have to squint that hard to look to see where maybe that was the start of 21's uh 2021's collapse. For sure. But now with the more, uh, I think there's now more of a balanced schedule where that flight, you know, there'll be a little more days off in between. So let's go to break, come back, and we'll send you off to Griffin Dorshi.
2: So Donovan, tell us, uh, give us a little preview about what we're going to hear from Griffin
1: right here. What kind of stuff were you guys talking about? Well, if anyone that knows, yeah, I've seen a picture of this guy. He, uh. He's a big boy. And uh he's really uh he, he's really tightened up his workout routine. Um he looks like Brian Bosworth. The guy's so young, you're like, I doesn't know who he is, who Brian Bosworth is. Um, but the end of the at the end of the interview, I have our quick hits, and I'm like, all right, dude. I know you're an Oklahoma cowboy, you're not a sooner, but do you know who Brian Bosworth is? And he's like, Yeah. I mean, you look at him, he, he has to know him. He has the shocking blonde hair with the mohawk buzz cut circa 1986 Brian Bosworth is there is there any coloration to that hair
2: nope that's nope. his hair that's it's, that's it's as white as the freshly driven snow
1: <laughs> i like it cuz you know one of the questions i asked him was um you know if there's no baseball what, what's your dream and it goes silent i'm like okay you know how i hate dead silence he's like uh-huh there's none it. it's just baseball and i'm like okay there it is ladies and gentlemen <laughs> no plan B it's major leagues or bust.
2: Well, that tells me that the, he's going to be okay. So he's going to play as long as he can play. Yeah. And then after that, the love for the game is going to carry him on. And he'll, he maybe after that, he'll go into coaching or he'll find another career right. within the game. You know, some guys are just baseball lifers and that's, yeah. that's what they do. And they yeah. find a job somewhere in there. You, like I think of like Doug Bockler uh, pitching the bullpen coach for the long time for the Padres. I mean, that's the kind of guy that he is just, Guy just loves baseball. He loves being yeah. around the sport. And that's what he wants to do, whether he's playing or or not. So maybe well, that's how Griff
1: uh, Griffin's wired. It's, um, you know, we talked about him. He came from Oklahoma. He played four years in, in Northern Kentucky and then goes, spends one season with Oklahoma, where Matt Holiday's brother's the head coach. Matt Holiday was kind of like, I can't remember what he said. It was like an assistant coach slash. Kind of like advisor, and then Fred Robin Ventura is also yeah. one of the coaches on that squad. I'm like, dude, you had like three guys there. Like, how incredible was that? Yeah, like, two was. of those
2: guys were on Hall of Fame ballots. Yeah. I mean, just to make a Hall of Fame ballot is a is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, both of yeah. those guys had long, very successful major league careers.
1: Yeah, and he also talks about his brother, his uh sorry, his uh Matt Holiday son, who just got called up to high A, who torched uh low A pitching. Know, like a 358 dozen doubles or just something crazy.
2: Right, right. So Boy, he's he a was... ju- he's a Juco, uh Juco bandit. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: Pretty Northern much.
2: Kentucky thing, yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of fun with him. Without fun. any further ado, let's kick it to the interview. Wimmel, wimmel for the
1: Hey, we're here with Griffin Dorshing, 8th um, pick out of Oklahoma. First of all, congratulations on last year coming up, and dude, first year in the league and you're already a Cali champion? How was yeah. that?
0: I mean, it's a pretty incredible feeling, um, you know, finally being able to get to a place where, you know, you 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 have a really good team and you get to push and, you know, try and win something special, and we ended up doing it, and I mean, there's, no really, there's really no better feeling in baseball.
1: Right, and then you come in and you win the first five games, like... It's going to get harder, right? You know this. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. Um, uh, that's uh, something I've, you know, been learning throughout the years. Is baseball is difficult? Baseball is very, very difficult. It is hard <laughs> to hit the ball. It is hard to throw the ball. Um, but I mean, when you got a group of really good, talented guys, yeah. like yeah. when you can string th- things together, like good things happen.
1: Hell yeah. Um so being from Wisconsin, you you had to have grown up a Brewers fan, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Prince Fielder you a guy? Yeah,
0: that that's that's my all-time favorite player. When people ask me like who's who's your uh, who's your guy? I say Prince Fielder. Um I mean, he was a he was a really big man and I was a big kid and I was like, well, if he's if he's out there doing it, then I got to, you know, I got a shot and here we are.
1: Right. Well and you know with him, it was he was kind of one of the first guys and he wasn't even you know, he's obviously he's not a Latin player, but kinda of bring a swagger. Oh, yeah. I bring a little bit more than just I hit a home run, I run around the bases, I come in, tip my cap, and then go on like they yeah. had these little at the end of the you know, when you get
0: home and they these
1: little jump and it yeah. falls down. I remember kind of that, like he had
0: like the uh, he had like the explosion at home. Right. And I, I actually remember there was a time where um I think I wanna say I was like twelve years old. I was playing for the Milwaukee Angels, um, travel ball team up there that I still work with to this day, and uh we were down in a game and our big first baseman hit a like a jack, <laughs> an absolute nuke. And when he got home, we all did like what like they do with right. the birds, do we all like fell down and our coach like ripped our ass. Right. Because right. we were losing and he's like, You guys are celebrating this when you're down by five in the sixth, it's like well, yeah, it was a bomb. Like, right. we're going to celebrate it.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of bombs, didn't kind of a bomb that you hit with Oklahoma kind of go viral?
0: Uh, yeah, I, there was one ball I hit against Texas Tech that went 513 feet, and that kind of broke the internet for, like, the night. I, I remember, like, Barstool posted it and stuff like right. that. It, it was all over all over the internet, all over the baseball world. God damn it,
1: Yeah. <laughs> damn, that was right. I, I can remember that. Okay, so four years of Northern Kentucky four years and then what kind of precipitated you going to Oklahoma for a fifth year
0: yeah so um I had the extra year because of COVID right and in my senior year uh my head coach at Northern Kentucky Todd Aslan he was retiring and he was like hey man like you've done everything you've needed to do here you've you've broke records it's time for you to you know try and transfer somewhere else if like the draft doesn't work I was like for sure so I got into the transfer portal and then I started talking to Um, Josh, and then I eventually started talking to Matt Holiday, and I was like, yeah, like, this is the place. So before the draft, I committed there, and I got a few calls in the draft, and I just thought it would be a better opportunity for my career to go to Oklahoma State and you know, learn more about the game from guys like Josh and Robin Ventura and Matt Holliday. I think it was the best choice I've ever made in my baseball career. So, so everyone knows
1: about Matt and obviously Robin, um, but his brother he- – did he play ball? Where did he play ball? Did he play
0: just college? Yeah, no, he played at Oklahoma State, and then he spent some time in the minors. Okay. And um, that that man is a genius. Josh Holiday is a genius. He he just he looks at the game of baseball different than everyone else, and it's it's almost like every game is like a chess game to him. And he's already in check before the game even starts. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. It really it's 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 really it was really a good time learning from him, learning it from all those guys about the game of baseball.
1: Right, and and then you know to come over to Oklahoma. You get a text from Matt, and you're like, "Holy
0: shit, who's this?" Yeah, this is Matt Holiday. Are you gonna come play with us, or what's no, up? No, ac- actually, it was like a I had a Northwoods game, and um, after the game finishes, I mean, they all start at like seven, so it's like late at night. Talk to Josh on the phone, and then later on, I get a call or a text, and it was like, "What's up, bro? This is Matt Holiday. Are you gonna come be a cowboy?" <laughs> and It was like, "Well, now I am a hundred percent. I'm uh, yes. Let me let me call my dad really quick right. so he knows."
1: Like, dude. Your dad's like a picture doesn't count, man. I need a picture, Matt Holiday. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and and Robert Ventura. He's like, so. What does Matt do there? Are they just uh, associate coaches, or so that's when a powerhouse when kind Matt, of coaching? Yeah,
0: the it is a powerhouse. Um, when Matt was there, he was like the volunteer assistant coach. Um, helped with all the hitting, like. He, I mean, he really helped with everything. A lot of, like, mental stuff I got from him, just like he played the game so long. Just, like, looking at the way he views it, like, I, I took a lot away there. Yeah. And then Robin was still in school, so he was, like, the volu- – or he was the grad assistant, like, okay. coach. And then um, Robin graduated, so he took Matt's position, and now Matt is um, just kind of floating around doing what he does. I think he's spending a lot of time down in Florida with Jackson. With, or, yeah. I think he's in North Carolina now. Jackson's with uh, – God, he just hit,
1: yeah he just hit two bombs yesterday his first two bombs he's
0: unreal he's he's one of the craziest players i've ever seen play in my entire life and i like really only got to watch him in yeah. practice yeah like he would come up and he would practice with us and i mean you got we had a lot of guys at oklahoma state who just had thump just some donkeys like me <laughs> nolan mclean like lyle miller green like guys who were producing crazy exit velos and it would be like 110 mile an hour one hop balls to Jackson at short, and it was just like an effortless pick and flip over to first. Uh-huh. You're out. It was like, he's just, it's just, he plays a game in slow mo, and he's incredible. He's like 15 at the time, or 16 maybe. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's, he's 18, 19 now, yeah. and God, he is unbelievable. So, so with, with, uh,
1: you know, with your coaches, how do those guys prepare you for the next level? I'm sure college balls is hard, but, you know, your sights are on the major leagues and getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Kind of, How did they help you develop into, you know, going into pro ball?
0: Um, I think it a lot of it was, like, confidence building. Um, they, If they didn't think I had the talent, they wouldn't have offered me to come there anyways. Um, so it was more of, like, a polish, like making me become a better hitter, becoming aware at the plate and becoming better with my timing and things of that nature. And just kind of polishing me, and um yeah a lot of it a lot of it was like just confidence, like they they helped me believe in like myself and my right. talents, and right. made sure that I understood that I was there for a reason, and it uh yeah I, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world that's excellent, okay, so let's get to draft day, yeah, you have a pretty good idea that you were uh you were going um i mean. Like, yes and no. I had talked to a lot of teams, but the year before I had also talked to a lot of teams and it's like, you just never really know. Okay. And, um, I remember I got, I wasn't going to be a day one guide, you know, grad student. I'm not going to the first round. Um, day two rolls around and it's like, I start getting more calls. I start talking to my agent more and he's calling me. He's like, the Padres like, he. he's calling me again. He's like, the Padres really like you calls me again. He's like, Hey, the Padres are going to take you in the eighth. Is that cool? And it's like, yeah. Like, Yes, please, 100%. Like, I want to be a Padre. And because Matt had talked all season long. He's like, dude, the Padres like you. I've been talking to them a lot about you. Like, they value you. And it's like, I want to I want to go to a place where I feel valued. And yeah. that's, that's how the Padres made me feel even before the draft. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good home.
1: You know, here's the thing with with uh, all the Padre fans in Matt Holiday is there was a play back in 2005, I think, 2008, he never touched home plate. Yeah. Do you
0: know this? Um, I mean, Wyatt Hoffman lets me know about it all the time. He's like, he, well, he never touched home. It's like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> <You> gotta, yeah. <laughs> all right, so we
1: got a small sample of pro ball last year mm-hmm. going into the offseason. Uh, how did that help you
0: prepare into the offseason coming into this next? Um, it kind of so helped me with like the pacing of my body um in college baseball college baseball is a sprint right all right uh professional baseball is a marathon yeah. okay like you're playing double the length of a collegiate season and then some so it um it really like helped me understand like the load that i need to put on my body the way that i need to manage it and the way that i need to go about things um just for like the longevity of the season and i think that was like the biggest thing that i took into the off season in mind is like it's going to be double and it's going to be long it's going to be hot you're going to be tired you're going to be traveling and it's like you got to just learn to like manage your body in a way that you can perform you right. know at a high level each day
1: right um to go back to draft day so did you guys have friends over you kind of have a good idea do you have do you have a spread
0: uh yeah no no spread i think my dad my dad cooked and we had like snacks and stuff All like right. that my dad cooked I, fr- I honestly don't even remember what he made um but it was just like my family and our closest family friends um i just wanted to keep it small didn't want to make it a big deal like um like, I'm very blessed and thankful that I got drafted, but it wasn't, like, the end goal. Right. You know, so, right. like, I didn't want to make it, like, a huge deal. Like, right. it's really cool. Like, I, we celebrated. I got in there. Like, it was awesome. But, like, it was never the end goal. Like, I wanted to. You part know, of I wanna, the process. Yeah, it's part of the process. Like, I want to I play in the big leagues. Yeah. Yeah, that's. And that isn't even the end goal. Like, I want to help win. Okay, so kind of going back into the off season, dude. I've seen you stretch. Yeah, and you're a big boy. When, yeah. when
1: did that? How did you learn that? Where did that come from? And did, did you do that in high school?
0: Yeah, I've that I've honest you, I've <laughs> honestly always been very like limber, um, especially like at first base. Like I can do the splits, and like it always surprises people. Everyone's always like, "Oh my god!" Like how do you do that? And it's like, I honestly was just kind of born that way. Like I have good I have good flexibility for the size I am. It's not like I'm, you know, doing yoga for an hour a day. Right, like right. it's just kind of. Just how I am. That's that's fucking red.
1: And you also work in the off season. Um you worked with Jack Winsky.
0: Yeah, well um he had came up and hit with the same hitting guy that okay. I have. So we we spent a couple, you know, nights together, especially during like the COVID time. Like um during COVID we I would drive down to Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. It's about forty five minutes from where I live, and he would drive up from Illinois and um We'd hit BP under the lights until like midnight with our guy, and it was just like it was just the best time ever. Dude, he's one of the first guys. We
1: we have what's called the podcast mojo. Yeah. So, guys that we've had on the podcast um, have a lot of guys have made the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jack Zawinski, we love the kid. We talked to him in his basement. Yeah. Like a long time ago, like our first, maybe second year of our podcast. And um, he had a, just a banner year in Double A. Yeah. He was hitting bombs. Got traded and then was like with the Pittsburgh Pirates on the roster, but year two years later.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so We kind of call that
1: podcast mode.
0: He uh, he's one hell of a player. He really is. All right, so I so
1: you came into camp looking a little slimmer.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. It was just kind of cleaning up the way I ate and cleaning up the amount of you know the amount of work I did in the gym, mixed in some more cardio. Um, just trying because I don't I don't necessarily feel like I need to play at like a super high body weight. Uh, I'd say like last year when I was playing, I was probably like two sixty five ish, and right now I'm hovering around like two fifty one to two forty eight, and it's just like as long as I feel strong, and I, you know, that's the biggest thing is as long as I feel strong, it doesn't really matter what my body weight is. But I still feel strong, and I feel more mobile have less load on the joints in the lower half, so that'll help with, like, the longevity of the season, kind of what I was talking about earlier. Like going into nutrition. Yeah. You know, not eating.
1: That's going to be a question a little
0: bit later on, but.
1: <laughs> okay, where did you get the nickname
0: Hokage? Um, so it, the proper pronunciation is Hokage. Hokage. And, no. Yeah. And it's from a show that I watched with my little brother a while back called Naruto. It's an anime from Japan. Okay. And um, Hokage is pretty much the title of the strongest ninja in the Leaf Village, the main character, and that's what he kind of aspires to be. The entire show, and we just started chucking it around, and it kind of stuck.
1: That's, that's tight. You also that's, you, you want to visit Japan one day? Yeah. Oh, so
0: bad, so bad. I've already like kind of tossed around the idea of like visiting it during the off season, um, but hopefully, I just I just got to find a time where I can make it work um, with my little brother because he plays football in the fall and trains in the winter too. So. Um. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't go without him. So your brother,
1: big boy, like yourself?
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a big fella. He's sixteen years old. He's probably like six one, like two twenty five. Like he's gonna he's gonna be a big fella.
1: You never played any other sport?
0: Uh, I played football. My like I played football in middle school and then freshman, sophomore year of high school and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna focus on baseball. baseball. Yeah, baseball.
1: All right. So who are your roommates?
0: Uh, I currently live with Kai Murphy. We share the same bedroom, and then in the other room it's uh, Graham, Pauly and. Uh, Zavala,
1: dude, a bunch of tanks over there. Yeah. I saw Kai's last night.
0: Dude, Kai's an animal. <laughs> uh, that kid, that kid is obsessed <laughs> with this game, and I want him to succeed so unbelievably bad. Like I want him to just always succeed. Okay, so who does the cooking? Uh, I, honestly, they do a great job of just feeding us here. Okay. Like if you're gonna, if we're gonna cook, like it's usually just on your own for breakfast. Like every time I wake up, Paulie is already. You know, a dozen eggs deep and four chobani flips. That dude eats like a madman. Uh, that's tight. That's yeah. tight.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's do a couple quick hits here. Okay,
0: and we'll get to here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of you course. On.
1: Okay, uh,
0: celebrity crush. Don't have one. Ah. I don't really think I have one. Margot Robbie, maybe.
1: Okay. All yeah. right. All right. All right. Do you have any superstitions?
0: Um. If I spill salt, I'll throw like a pinch of it over my left shoulder. All right, if you
1: spill salt, you do throw more salt, yeah, if you spill it on the table, you gotta take a little bit
0: and throw it over your left shoulder,
1: okay, all right, so you're an athlete, you're watching what you eat, yeah, you must have a cheat day,
0: yeah, what's your go to cheat day food? Oh my goodness, oh my good okay if i'm gonna if I'm gonna cheat like I'm gonna cheat hard, and I'm probably realistically, <laughs> I'm probably just gonna crush some McDonald's, yeah. I love I love McDonald's. It is so terrible for it you, but so it is bad. so good. It is God, so good.
1: Over a billion sold, man. I tell yeah, you. yeah, I had, actually I had it this morning. i had been in the area all yeah all morning with friends, and uh, we had a couple of sausage and muffins to oh, get on the road. Unreal. Okay, so if you had to choose a pet that
0: wasn't a dog or a cat, a pet that wasn't a dog or a cat, I think it'd be cool to have like a like a mini cow, like, look, a, li- like a little cow. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are cute. I'm serious. They're, I probably a little cow.
1: Dude, that is the country boy in you right yeah, there. Yeah.
0: Wisconsin. <laughs> okay, uh favorite movie. Favorite movie Whiplash with JK Simmons. Nice. It's so good. It's about a drummer. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unreal. JK Simmons excellent. He actor. is the best. He is incredible. It was a very
1: stressful mu- movie. Yeah,
0: was... I, I I like I don't know. I think it's um, one of the biggest things that I find fascinating in life is like when someone is so good at whatever they're doing like they Whatever they're doing, they have like perfected their craft, yeah. and like that is pretty much the entirety of that movie, is him trying to be the perfect and the best drummer, and like, I, it just is incredible. I love that movie so much.
1: All right, so product. What, what kind of products are you going with? What do you mean? The products in the hair.
0: Um, honestly, just like a leave-in conditioner, and that's about it. I've been combing it back for so many years that it eventually just learned to stay back. All right. Yeah. All right
1: Xbox or PS5?
0: Uh, I'm going to go Xbox. Xbox for What sure. do you play? Um, The game that I've been playing the most is with my little brother. I've been playing a lot of Fall Guys and some Rocket League, but um, he's got the new Xbox, and I watched him play the new Hogwarts Legacy, the Harry Potter game, and that was incredible. Did you play with anyone here on the team? Uh, Not really, no. (sighs) We don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. Okay, if, if there was no baseball, what would your dream be? I've never had a plan B, so I couldn't tell you.
1: That, ladies and gentlemen is the way to go yeah all right so you were an entrepreneur if as your was your major
0: yeah it was my uh like master's certificate and then my um undergrad was in human resources
1: okay so what you want to go into business other than baseball were you thinking business or were you thinking
0: yeah i think um my dad my dad's done it a really long time and i'm not just saying i'd want to do it because he did it it's actually interesting but uh he's done like recruiting Okay. In, the, like, the business world, and I have no problem talking to people. I have no problem traveling. I've done it my whole life. So I think that'd be a profession that I would not only enjoy, but I'd also be good at it. All right, one
1: more. Now, I know you're an Oklahoma cowboy.
0: Yeah. But
1: you must know who Brian Bosworth
0: is? Yeah, for sure. I okay. get, I get okay. that comparison all the time. <laughs> good.
1: We're not just crazy old guys like When
0: you. I uh, – over the off season, I, I did a good amount of golfing with my dad, just enjoying, like, the nice days in Wisconsin. And uh, one day we were driving on, like, the 8th, and uh, one of the grounds crew guys was like, Brian? And I was like, nope, uh, I'm, I'm Griffin. But he's like, man, you look just like him. I was like, yeah, I get that a lot.
1: Dude, he was your age in 86, but yeah. that was in high school. I, like- uh,
0: I don't know what he was. I think he was just trying to mess with me, but, like, I I get that comparison a lot. I really do.
1: Well, hey man, we really appreciate you taking the time of course. and getting to know you. Uh,
0: thank you so much. Of course, let's fucking go, San Diego. Yes, yeah, let's go, fucking San Diego. <laughs> I've
2: I've been a Gryffindorish fan since he showed up on the scene, but now I'm even more of a fan. Seeing how you guys got along, I had a good rapport. Dude, seems like a real likable
1: guy. Dude, and so I, I like when you guys heard it, I, I'm like, all right, man, and it really takes a life. Like, yeah, no problem. Let's fucking go to San Diego. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> now we're gonna put a curse thing on it. I love it. I love it. All right, so you can find me on Twitter at
2: sd donovan. I'm at zippy underscore tms. We'll catch you next week. Let's go Padres.
1: Let's go Padres windmill for the night I'm forever hand and Take it all